Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mindfully Rich Podcast, your weekly look at life and finances with a twist where we talk about improving your overall relationship with money and building better financial habits. On each episode, I'll discuss real life situations and give y'all practical advice. The point of this podcast is to help you stay in your financial lane so you won't end up broke. I'm the creator and host, Richie Now. Let's jump into today's conversation. What's up, y'all? I'm back. I'm back. I know I've been gone for a week. That's not important right now. I gave y'all two new episodes, what, a week ago? See? See? Everything works out the way it should, all right? You know what? Sad note. I'm thinking of going to an every two-week schedule anyway, since that's what I've been given, but that's something I'm going to determine later. No need to discuss that in the beginning. But of course, y'all know I love to start off with gratitude. Thanking y'all so much for listening. All of my dedicated listeners who have been with me since the beginning, March 2020, y'all was rolling with me. I appreciate all of y'all and all of the new listeners that I've picked up along the way. Y'all my rich gang. I've been waiting to have a name, right? I was like, dang, I wonder, do this name have to be acceptable, copyrightable, all of those different things. But I just decided we rich gang. Okay. I know that there's a rich gang out there. I understand, you know, cash money, I believe has rich gang. It was like a group. Maybe I'm not too sure, but y'all my rich gang. So just know going forward, that's who y'all are because I truly appreciate y'all being my tribe and y'all being here sharing these episodes. Child, let me tell you what, I don't have a marketing strategy. I don't have a marketing department. This is a one woman team over here. So y'all is marketing. All right. As far as y'all know, y'all are the reason why this show is continuing to get the listens that it gets. Y'all are sharing these episodes far and wide and I truly appreciate it. So please continue to share these episodes with your friends, your family, your circles, post it on your page, your Facebook page, your Instagram pages, your Twitters, whatever it is that you got to do. Y'all is marketing. I can't pay y'all, but y'all marketing. Okay. So do your jobs. Okay. Y'all get it. (laughs) But once again, y'all know that I have to express my gratitude, my gratitude to you and say, thank you. It's the month of February and I have a new series and I'm super excited to talk to y'all about this because it's Black History Month. And so I decided to continue on that path of meaningful topics. So for the month of February, I decided that I'm going to talk to y'all about the cost of being black in America. So it's going to be a short series. I believe I'm going to give you three total episodes because I'm already late. What is this like the second? Oh, is this the third week? Child, I don't even know. Y'all going to get three episodes though. Just know three total episodes for Black History Month. And so let's go ahead and move into our Let's Talk About Money segment. And before I get into our topic, there is no music title inspiration. Y'all, I don't know what's going on. I know January, the whole series didn't have no music, right? Y'all know I love my music. For those of y'all that are new, I love to take a hip hop or R&B song, any song rather, but majority hip hop and R&B songs and use those titles as topic points for my conversations that I have here on the podcast. But I couldn't find one. So I wanted to use Kendrick's We're Gonna Be All Right. Side note, did y'all see Kendrick perform at the Super Bowl for halftime? Killed it. Okay. I wanted to use that, but it still really didn't fit. So no music title inspiration going on, but Today's conversation, which is number 88, y'all, that means I am in my episode 88, which is crazy to me, okay? Absolutely crazy, all right? 
In this episode, I'm going to talk about the cost of being black and I'm going to discuss three systematic employment discrimination obstacles that black workers face and also give y'all some solutions. All right. So for this topic, y'all, I had to do my research and I had to make sure that this is not only my perspective, but it's also giving you some fact based research to go along with my thoughts. So y'all hang on. And I also want to say this, I want to give this disclaimer because I know all of my listening audience is not black. This conversation that I'm having today is not to make all of the non-black listeners feel bad. Okay. It is not to make y'all feel guilty at all. What I want to do because I have a platform to speak, I want to make sure that I'm bringing awareness of what black workers are facing in the employment industry and talk about the challenges that black people face financially as a whole. That's what I'm going to be discussing all of this month because I have this platform. Why don't I use it to educate? So not only do I talk about the fun topics that we have, I want to make sure that I'm getting into those deeper topics. So that way y'all got something to think about because then we all have our work to do. Because once again, I'm going to be talking about some solutions as well. And that's for everybody. Everybody can take something from this conversation that I'm going to be having today. So since the beginning of time, black people been working, child. We've been working. We built this country as well. Okay. Argue with your mama, not me on that. All right. Facts. Just go ahead and go back. You can go on and check that. So in talking about the challenges that black workers are facing, it's not that black people don't work. It's the obstacles that have been in the way of black workers obtaining stable and high paying jobs. And so I want to analyze that a bit so that way we can understand what the problem is and also go over what the solution is. And so before I go into that, what do y'all think a high quality job is? What's a high quality job? When you hear that, what does, what does that mean to you? So to me, when I hear that, I'm thinking a high quality job has to be high paying. It also has to have a healthy work environment. Also, if I have access to, say, medical, dental, vision, and also those other employment assistant program benefits that employers offer, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty quality, okay? Also, when you have the opportunity to grow in your career at your employer, that's going to be a quality job, right? So I'm sure that when y'all hear that, y'all probably expect everybody should have one of these quality jobs, right? But that's not what goes on for many black workers. And studies have shown that black workers are considered for mainly lower paying jobs and lower quality jobs, which in the end makes it hard for them to build an equitable living. Now we all know if you work, we make an income, right? We all have to sustain ourselves in life. We know that the cost of living is going up. So if you only have black workers that are considered for the lower paying jobs and they're only being put into those lower quality jobs, how are they sustaining themselves to build a better living for themselves, for their families? How are they able to have an equitable living, right? Now I want to talk about why, the why that goes behind black workers only being considered for those lower paying jobs. So that brings us to our first obstacle that black workers are facing, and that's having a black sounding name. Okay. Yes. We're going to get into it. I told y'all we getting into it today. Now, how crazy is that, that 
We as black people, we're a culture. Everyone has a culture, right? So we can't have names that are, I don't want to say significant, but let's say anonymous to our culture without someone now putting a label on it to say it's a black sounding name. So I want to give y'all just a little bit of research. So the University of California, Berkeley and the University of Chicago sent out 83,000 fictitious applications for an experiment. These applications went out for entry level job posting to 108 Fortune 500 employers. So what they did was out of those 83 fictitious applications, I'm sorry, 83,000 fictitious application, they randomly selected the names, distinctive white sounding names. So think of your Emily's and your Greg's. And then they also added some applications that had your black sounding names. So think of your Lakeisha's and your Jamal. Okay. No offense to none of these names that I'm naming now. Okay. I'm just being completely real. So that way y'all can understand what they found was that the black sounding name applicants were called back 50% less than the white sounding name applicant counterparts. That's a mess, right? So you're probably thinking to yourself, does this still go on? Yes, this is still happening, that they had to put together a survey to prove it to people. Now let's put this in perspective. Our names are our name. We don't name ourselves. There are people who change their names just so that they don't have to go through the scrutiny of having a racially distinctive name. But why should you have to even go through that? When employers are hiring for jobs, the things that seem like they should be important is your experience level, the education level that you have, not if you have a black sounding name, because when you eliminate people who have a specific name, you're eliminating a whole pool of possibly qualified candidates that could possibly be great workers, keep retention at your company. The success of a company is dependent on the people that they put in the positions. So if you're eliminating a whole pool of candidates because they quote unquote have black sounding names, so you're going to let your own bias ruin the success of your company. Okay. I just really want y'all to get that down in your soul. Okay. Because that is truly an obstacle that black workers are facing, not only being hired, but just getting a call back because of their name. Something that a lot of non-black people don't know is that in the black community, when we're having children, we think about this first. When we're naming our children, are they going to receive a call back? That's a stressor that other races probably don't have to worry about. But we do. I ain't even going to lie to y'all. My son got a black sounding name, okay? And I am praying that he doesn't have these problems because I wanted to name my child what I wanted to name him, okay? Me and my ex-husband, okay? So there was some say there, okay? <laughs> But I want to give y'all another example of black sounding names. One of my favorite shows is Blackish. So if you haven't seen Blackish, it's in its last season. I think they got tons of season on ABC. Okay. And it stars Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross. Now they doing good. They doing really good. Mindfully rich good plus having riches. Okay. They're rich. Tracy Ellis Ross character is a doctor. Andre Anderson, I say Andre Anderson, his name, Anthony Anderson's character's name is Andre on the show. His character is a high executive at a marketing firm. I believe it's like marketing advertising firm, right? So they're doing very well. They have four kids and then on a few seasons back, they had a baby boy. And before they had the child, 
they were thinking of what they wanted to name the baby. And this is why I like Blackish because they always bring these tidbits that need to be talked about on live TV. They bring those things to the public that happened in the black community. And they brought to knowledge for everyone that in the black community, we do have this challenge of what do we name our child? Do we name them a black sounding name? And so Anthony Anderson's character said he wanted to finally name his child something, a name that he wanted, which was Devante. All right. To most people, we know Devante sounds like a black sounding name. All right. And so Tracy Ellis Ross character was against it. But how she compromised was, okay, well, he has to have a white sounding middle name. So they named him Devante Matthew. I know, crazy. <laughs> but what I like was how adamant that Anthony Anderson's character was that he wanted his son to be proud of being black. And he thought by naming his child another name that his child would never get to experience having a black sounding name and also loving his blackness. That was something that I absolutely love. I did this without knowing just because I like my son's name, but to know that they did this episode just to show the world what black people face when naming our children. Yes. We want to name our child what it is that we want to name them. We want them to appreciate being black, but it's so hard for us to do when you have these studies that I just went over that shows that black people with black sounding names are called back 50% less than black people who have white sounding names. So what's the solution here? So what I think lots of companies, businesses should do is those people who are in hiring capacity, making sure that you're being the change that needs to be seen in this world, that you're giving all applicants a chance, no matter what their name is, because it's going to start with you. Somebody has to stop the biases. Somebody has to stop the discrimination. And just the pure fact of me talking about this now puts this in your mental. So if you are in a position where you make those decisions or you can talk to others who make those decisions, you can be the change that this world as a whole needs to see. Moving on to the next obstacle that black workers are facing in the employment sector is not being offered higher paying jobs. So I read a study that said on average, black men are paid 71 cents for every dollar paid to white men. And for black women, we're paid 63 cents for every dollar paid to white men. Now, child, where's the rest of our change at? Okay, seriously, why is that? So I've just talked about having the name be a problem for getting a job or even getting a call back. So not only do we have to worry about having black sounding names, but we're also going to be discriminated against and get paid less. Why aren't we able to get the high paying jobs as well? And so I had to read this study just so I can get an understanding of where black professionals stand in the workplace right now. And so according to the study that I read, black workers today are overrepresented in low wage entry level jobs and they're underrepresented in those senior level and executive roles. Currently in the U.S. private sector, black workers make up 12 percent of the entry level workforce and only 7 percent of the managerial workforce. So the higher you go, the fewer black professionals you see. Now, I'm pretty sure we all can say that's true. All right. Name, name some executives at your company that's black. All right. 
It also said that at the senior manager and VP level, black workers only make up 5% of that workport, blah, blah, workforce. And at the SVP level, only about 4%. And at the very top, it's only 1% that where you can see black CEOs at Fortune 100 companies. That's a mess, y'all. It's a complete mess. So I'm going to go into the solution. So what do you do about that? How do we get black workers in the higher paying jobs and to the executive level jobs and to the leadership roles and to the CEO roles? Companies are going to have to start putting their advertisements for their jobs in spaces where black people will find them. So not just advertising to your normal community of people, not just advertising to the people who work there and then letting their cousins and their cousins and everybody else's cousins get these roles, making sure that you are being intentional about having diversity in your workforce, being creative with your outreach, putting your job opportunities out there so that that way everybody can see them. If we know that these are the studies and what they're saying about black workers, employers are going to have to do all that they can and get creative with their outreach. I'm in a sorority. Get with your professional organizations, also your sororities, your fraternities. Get creative with how you're advertising your job posting for these executive level, these leadership level roles. So that way you're able to diversify your executive style, diversify your workforce as a whole. Y'all, so I kind of got ahead of myself and I combined two obstacles in one. But this has been a long episode, so I'm pretty sure y'all get my point. But before we get out of here, I wanted to tell y'all about a Twitter rant that happened about a few weeks ago. Y'all probably heard about it, and this pissed me off. All right, so what ended up happening was there was a black talent acquisition recruiter. She went on Twitter, and this is what she wrote. I just offered a candidate $85,000 for a job that had a budget of $130,000. I offered her that because that's what she asked for. And I personally don't have the bandwidth to give lessons on salary negotiation. Here's the lesson. Always ask for the salary you want and deserve. No matter how large you think it might be, you never know how much money a company has to work with. Now I want y'all to take in everything that I just said. Once again, this was a black talent acquisition recruiter. We know that recruiters hold a lot of power. Now, a lot of people speculated that she was hiring a black woman. The person who was interviewing was a black woman. That's speculation. We don't have no confirmation of that. This is what I took from this. This woman did all of this when she could have just told that woman who she was interviewing, hey, you're qualified because she obviously wanted to hire her. You're qualified. I know that this is what you want, but this is the budget that we have. She could have just been a good human being and just did that, right? But for some reason, she found that it was okay to lowball her, essentially, give her under market value for the position because that's what the person asked for. And check this out. When we're interviewing for jobs and when we're going to get jobs, most of the times, lots of people aren't going to know what the salary range is going to be. That's the reason why research is going to be important. So I do have the time to educate y'all. Research is always going to be important. And you always ask, what is the range of the position? Anytime, whenever I am up for a position in my years, I always want to know what the range is. So that way I don't lowball myself because you want to think about it like this. When you go into a job with a certain salary, 
you're not going to be getting these big increases over the years. So if you go in under market value, as the cost of living is going up, you're going to be under. So you want to make sure that you are doing a service for yourself and making sure that you've done your research on what the range is and you ask all the necessary questions. Now back to old girl on Twitter. Okay. She did all of that. She ended up losing her job. Everyone I mean, I don't know how anyone can read that and not see that she was the problem in this. Even if she didn't offer her the whole $130,000 that she was budgeted for to give the applicant that she hired, girl, you could have did something. Okay, seriously. So I just want to say this. So not only as black workers are we battling against all of the racial disparities that are occurring with us having black sounding names, us not getting the call backs us not being offered these higher paying jobs, black workers not being in more in your leadership roles and your executive roles. We also got to put up with some black people like this woman who won't give you your just due or give you a hand. Just let you know. It would have took her two seconds to let her know, you know what? The job role, I know you wanted $85,000, but I'm going to give you $130,000. That's a lot of money over time. I didn't add that up, but y'all could do the math, okay? <laughs> so I wanted to end it there. Black workers are facing enough. I've talked about a lot in this episode. Don't add to that anybody. If you're in a position of power and you can do something, just hearing this information today is going to put in your mental, something needs to happen. Did you know that this was a thing? Did you know that this was happening? And I want us to be the change that we want to see and the change that black workers need because black workers should be able to obtain quality, stable jobs. All right, y'all. This episode didn't been long enough. I'd have been talking long, long time. Okay. I ain't did a long episode like this in a long time. Okay. I did forget something. Dang. There was a study that I read. I'm going to be short with this one. There was a study that I read that said, when you do have a more diverse workforce, you're able to bring greater depth and experience and perspective into the workforce. You have to have people at the table. I'm going to say of all races. So that way you can hear the voice from different cultures. I'm going to take this back to H&M. I don't know if y'all remember what happened at H&M. H&M had put out a shirt and it was an advertisement. It was a little black boy and the shirt said coolest monkey in the gym, something along those lines. And it was a monkey on the shirt. Now you could tell it wasn't no black people in any positions of power in that room because why would they approve that? Stuff like that is the reason why you need to make sure that you are allowing black workers, minority workers into your position of power rooms and to your tables of decision making. So that way your company isn't. I'm trying to figure out a way to say that. So that way your company isn't losing money, because at that particular time, lots of people said to hell with H&M. I'm not shopping there. And you can see why this is just overall, y'all. The cost of being black is a lot, all right? There's a lot of different things that goes into that. I hope that the information that I gave y'all in the employment sector regarding the cost of being black, I hope that it was valuable to you, that it educated you, and make sure you pass this information and this episode on to somebody else that needs to hear this perspective and hear this information. All right, y'all. I want y'all to live life mindfully, intentionally, and on purpose. And until next time, when I hit y'all with another one.